Hello there and welcome to the Hawk Moon Visions podcast, where we discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, metaphysical, and any whimsical thing that comes to our enlightened minds week after week. We're going to start making this show on a regular basis. Today, we are going to discuss aliens, disclosure, and the zombie culture. New Jersey, what happened? Did you guys see last week? They're all out in the street. Stop the cars on the highway. Phones on high. Arms stretched into space. Ready to greet the alien overlords. But with one catch. It wasn't no alien. It was, in fact, the Goodyear blimp. New Jersey. Now, I don't know what's going on up there with the water, but even in the 70s, like pre-major technology, you know, we, we had rabbit ears and tinfoil on the televisions. We still knew what the damn Goodyear blimp was. Now, I'll give it to you. It was dusk, but it was your expectation and your hope that surprised me. And the fact that you were so willing to throw yourself to the alien overlord. You're like, you're like bugs heading to a bud, bug zapper at a midnight barbecue. And uh, probably should have took a lesson from the cockroaches and scurried a bit when the lights come on. Because... When I look at this, I feel like we've been being prepared culturally for eventual disclosure. And what is interesting, and I'm going to talk about this in this episode, is that the Department of Defense is now weighing in on off-world vehicles and technology taken from such things. And this is not fringe element news. No, these are major news outlets, even senators, that are talking about Disclosure here forward when it comes to what do they call it? Unidentified aerial phenomena. But whenever the government starts getting involved, you always have to kind of ask yourself what is the underlying motivation? So I have a different take on aliens than most people. Uh, I'm actually a very sober minded person when it comes to how I observe reality. So, and I want to give you some food for thought because I feel like the way that we're responding to the thought of some species from outer space kind of coming here to our wonderful desert oasis is a very irrational response and i want to talk about that a little bit now before this episode is over surprisingly enough i'm going to relate a personal experience that i had with a friend whom i shall call pedro that was very intense and it was a very close encounter and uh it was very surreal i think you're going to enjoy that so it's not like i'm a non-believer it's just i'm undecided And, of course, the Lioness will be joining me very shortly again for this episode. She will bring her wonderful, beautiful self and grace us with her her presence and her radiance. And we're going to talk about this crazy, crazy thing. And uh, hopefully the alien overlords don't sweep us away or men in black come knocking at the door. I'm going to tell you something. Men in black. So no more of the men in black. You're not going to get threatened now. So I'm finally going to come out of the closet, like the government, coming out of the closet. I'm going to talk about my experience. And uh, I find, I think you're going to find it very, very interesting. If you, And I've been studying this phenomenon since I was a child. So I'm very fascinated and I was never a believer until this experience. So in a moment, and I know, yeah, I made you listen to the whole song. This is my song called Spaceship Ride from my first album. Spaceship Ride, you can download it here on the website. You can find it in Spotify. You can find it everywhere. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. All of my downloads are free for my music. I'm just too busy now to actually, uh, you know, no one's playing music anyway. You know, it's like coronavirus got us all locked up. That's all locked up, getting fat. 
developing all kinds of problems. But anyway, momentarily, I will bring the lioness in. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know the intro was quite lengthy. I figured you'd want to hear the whole song, you know. This is shameless, shameless self-promotion. Shameless. So, without further ado, I introduce to you... The Lioness. Say hello, Gina. Hello, Gina. Well, she follows instructions quite well. So today we're going to be talking about aliens, right? We've been talking, well, we've been having this conversation for 25 years now, right? I'm an eccentric when it comes to this. Yes. This conversation has been going on for a long time. For a quarter of a century, I have wooed this woman with talk of aliens. So I want to get, did you see the New Jersey thing? Yeah, I heard about it. <laughs> People out there like like bugs do a bug zapper, waiting on their alien overlords. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You should take a lesson from the cockroaches. Scurry when the lights come on. So what? You know what puzzled me about this, Gina? Yeah, it's just let's so, be like cockroaches. Well, you know what puzzled me about this is the reaction of the people. How quickly they were willing to say this is a benevolent thing rather than a malevolent thing, with no actual support from evidence or whatnot that it's going to be a good thing and to me whenever we we're dealing with something that may if we have encountered from another world uh that's not the right reaction because we don't know what they are just because just because they've actually advanced in technology if in fact they are aliens because i'm still undecided doesn't mean they're going to be nice am i right that's true i mean very true all of our advances in technology have not stopped humankind from killing each other and even being very self-serving in many ways and there's no reason to believe when i see all of this stuff uh that they'll have some standard or morals or they'll even under dualism goes all the way back to zarathustra right you know in the persian with you know ancient persia zarathustra had this idea there's a dualistic universe this is eternal fight between light and darkness and it's permeated all of human thought i mean dualism is just everywhere in human thought even in the yin the yang you know what i'm talking about so there's this idea that but i don't think that an alien culture may even have a concept of that i mean the problem is is we just don't know for sure we just don't know as a people maybe our government does but we don't and we just don't know if they're good they're bad what their intentions are and I'm not saying be paranoid, but be cautious. I would be cautious. And you know what? You know what's tripping me out is like all of a sudden now we have all these prophets from ancient Lemuria or Atlantis. And we've got all kinds of people in all these light worker groups online that are saying, I'm the incarnation of the great archangel, Hocus Pocus, or whatever they're saying. And you see all of these actual aliens. Have you seen, too, the Raelians are back? They're putting advertisements up on Facebook. It's kind of like this bizarre uh, genetic alien sex cult. And there's this one prophet-like guy named Rail or something like that. And uh, and so now all of a sudden, you know, the alien religion is emerging. Remember when they said that they had actually cloned a human back in the 90s, I think they said. So the Raelians are an eccentric group. But what kills me about this is we don't really know what they are well and we hear all kinds of different things you know i mean you hear about abductions all the time right i mean do they knock on your front door and say hey you want to come with us while we anal probe you oh or, the anal probe you i or, knew you were gonna go <laughs> you know you know what i'm saying i mean if if they were kind and nice 
they would ask our permission, but they haven't. No, so so like, far, they haven't really shown uh, like, shown me that they're nice. I'm like goes the weasel. <laughs> you, know, you ever see those little? <laughs> and and what what kind of thing is that? You know, even in Star Trek, they got like tricorders. You travel light years to come down here and stick your finger in the orifice of a human being. You don't have a tricorder, man. You don't have a tricorder. What's going on with that, man? I mean, I thought you had all this technology. <laughs> well, you know, I have something to say about that as well. When you study, like, we're not talking about big hair. You know, when, I, when I'm talking about big hair on ancient aliens, every ancient fairy tale to big hair is, in fact, evidence that uh, there were aliens in ancient, you know, human history. And I feel like it's an irrational. Look, people were crazy as hell back then. Let's face it, compared to modern times, they believed all kinds of stuff. You cannot compare a society that had what I call mythological consciousness. They they saw everything in myth as almost as real as everyday reality. So they didn't really think like we did now. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. They just, they they don't think the way we do now. They just don't. They They didn't have words for uh aliens they or maybe they did i don't know i'm just saying they just they didn't understand it the way we we understand it now saw the wheel ezekiel saw the wheel how's that song go i mean it's it actually when you study history there is like a little thread through uh mythology and i'm going to just treat all religion in a generic sense right now as mythos And I often say it doesn't matter what you feel about God, the divine spirit, no matter what. The only gods we have ever seen are each other or the only representation of the divine are each other. Right. We don't you know, all of the rest of it is speculative. So but you do see a thread throughout fables, fairy tales, like even in the old fairy, you know, tales, how the the children of the elf kingdom or the fairy kingdom would come and steal human children or interbreed with us which I find fascinating with this whole uh, alien abduction phenomenon because people have talked about genetic experiments. And, I, and listen, it's, it's all far-fetched to me. I don't necessarily believe it. You? I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I just, I just don't know what to believe about the aliens. Um, I do believe they're a real thing. Or, or are they from a planet, a different uh, dimension? Dimension, yes. You know, I <clears throat> sorry, I just don't know. I, I just really don't know. And if I saw one, I'd probably pass out in fear. Well, we will be talking about an incident that she full well knows. And uh, we have a story about that. I'll get to that in a little bit. But absolutely. And when you when you look at this stuff, I take it all with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm doubting Thomas. Lord, you come down here. I got to stick my finger in the wounds. I've got to know. I'm just that type of person. Uh, Gina will tell you, I am constantly studying everything in existence. And questioning everything. Everything. So I'm very, uh, uh, I, I take an antinomian approach, almost kind of a left-hand path approach. I always say I'm kind of like light and dark. I am yin and yang, basically a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. So I'm not decided on that. But did you hear just several weeks back, maybe months, the Department of Defense is talking about disclosure and the naval intelligence have came out and actually validated those naval intelligence videos that that surfaced last year and said, this is real. We have observed these things, but they're kind of alluding to they don't know themselves. But the new catch, and this is not fringe element news people. This is major news outlets and senators uh, basically saying that we deserve to know about things that were retrieved from off-world vehicles. 
technology we don't know about. So obviously, now listen, why are they all of a sudden coming forward? Why are they, why now? And what are we about to discover that they know is inevitable? Or are they going to bring about the inevitability of that very thing? That's very scary to me, actually. It is scary. And what are they going to say? You know, and why have they kept it a secret all this time? I think they've kept it a secret all this time is because when you have such a big news like that and you come out with it, you know, you fear for mass panic. Well, look at Orson Welles with the uh, with, with the War of the Worlds. Remember, people were crazy. They lost their minds. They thought it was real. It was like a radio <laughs> show. I think it was 30s, 40s. I mean, I'm not sure about the time, so don't fact check me on that. Okay, no, no, no. And you know what? With that being said, everybody was scared. You ever wonder maybe that was just a test to see how no. people will respond? No, it was just an old radio show. Oh, I don't okay. feel that it was. I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is the this is the unique thing about me. No matter what I've, I don't really, I don't really go to conspiracy theory websites. I'm the person that actually has to follow the breadcrumbs. So I, I don't go to those type of websites because I've, I believe in a little thing called Occam's Razor. And people, you need to apply this to your life. It's a philosophical principle that says that basically the more things you have to assume to arrive at a truth, the less likely it is that very thing. If you learn to apply the Occam's Razor principle to your life and rational thinking, little Socratic reductionism, you're going to find that there are all kinds of loopholes here. Yeah, you know? because of some assumptions... Don't equal facts. They mean ass out of you and me. And I'm not trying to be anal probed or bossed around by a three-fingered, three-toed, big-eyed, baby-headed ass little alien. I'm just not going to have it. And I'm not going to surrender to it. I'm most certainly not going to look at him as a savior at all. And and let me tell you something else. I wanted to get into this. So now we have the DOD coming out. Imagine this. And this is the thing that I always, always, always bring up when I talk about this. We talk all the time about how we need to reduce population. There's not enough resources in the world to accommodate everybody here. Imagine (laughs) if you're in the middle of a desert oasis and you see 500,000 people, but you've got yourself a modest 55-gallon pool of water, some hydroponic plants growing, and I'm not talking to you potheads. I'm talking about food. you got your tomatoes and your potatoes and all this other stuff going, and all of a sudden you see 500,000 people caravanning through the desert, and you're just like, hey, man. Come here, dude. We got water. We got food. So if if we're so hell-bent on preserving uh, the resources that we do have, and we look out into space, and we haven't really... We can't validate. They just found out there may be life in the clouds of Venus. Now, you know, it's probably some, you know... If, if it, in fact, is life, it's probably some kind of lower form of life. And yeah, I said it lower. Lower than people. But... Um, how, we don't we don't really know when we look really really far out we we can say oh well, that looks like a planet that could probably support the conditions of life but we don't even we're just now discovering what's on venus what how do you even know so if in fact they've traveled light years they could be from a planet that the sun died went supernova as ours will one day they could be searching for that desert oasis and you're just out there blowing the trumpet come on down man come on down we taste good with ketchup you know i mean it doesn't make sense everything's good with ketchup (laughs) it doesn't make sense to that reaction is not necessarily the proper reaction and for you to assume and let me tell you something i am not convinced by new age prophets let me let me tell you something else people i survived the 80s i'm an old guy i have seen every prediction about everything 
fall to the ground. Whether it came from church or it came from a crazy white-robed New Age prophet or prophetess, and they've all fallen to the ground. All of it. And so here, you know, I saw Y2K. Hell, we all fell for that, man. We were stocking up stuff. All the red lights were going to quit working. We, th- we, we thought it was doomsday, right? The Bible guys, they wrote books. They sold books. Yes, they sold a lot of books. So tell me again. What did, what did you... Remember Y2K? I stayed up till midnight. I think I was sick that night. We had bought our share of MREs. We were waiting on... Everything was supposed to stop. 2012, the Mayan calendar. Oh, my God. The Mayans were so advanced, you know, that the calendar didn't even go past 2012. And here we are in 2020. Listen... When you're gathering prophecies from ancient cultures, please look at history and recognize that uh, your religious texts are not science. Well, they like us. There again, uh, people from people from back then just thought differently. They thought more religious, spiritually, mythological, mythological as opposed to logic rational and, and logic. rational. So they just thought differently, you know? Thank you, Greek philosophers, for keeping us all from the darkness. Praise Jesus. Yeah, and amen. Whatever. Whatever got you there, whatever gets you there. But I find, I find the way that people think now, people aren't rational. You know, like that's not a rational response. But here, here's the thing. I do have an experience that I had, and I'm going to share something that's very personal. And, and even though I'm very critical of the alien phenomenon, this, this was not intended to enlighten you about all of the aspects of the alien phenomenon. If you have Netflix or you have Hulu or whatever, you can watch that stuff all day. Uh, it was more just to actually present a more sober-minded viewpoint to, to caution you to not just be ready to throw your hands in the air and think this is a good thing. And there's a lot of good reasons for this. But I did have an experience several years back. I want to say it was seven, eight years ago. Um, My friend and I, and I'm going to call him Pedro, because this experience, now this experience was very much so more traumatic for Pedro than it was myself. And let me give you a little background information about Pedro so you understand, and also myself, at the time, there was a time I was a muscle man. You know, I was a trash man for about 20 years of my life. And, uh, and, you know, I drove a trash truck, loved the stinky lifestyle and made pretty good money doing it. But I worked with the hardest element of society. This was a large company that loved to actually take in convicted felons and things like that because he knew they'd be stuck doing this work 14, uh, 14 hours a day, throwing 96 gallon cans, working hard. These guys were tough. Well, this guy, Pedro, is actually at one point in his life was a gangbanger. He was involved in a lifestyle that wasn't, you know, he, he came up tough. He was from Nicaragua, or his family was. He grew up here in America. But this guy was one of the toughest guys, still is, that I've ever known. And the, and, and the weird thing is, he showed up recently, didn't he? And he came in here talking about how I was such a good influence on him. And I thought to myself, I've become so right. I almost cried because he was saying I changed his life and taught him how to be loyal uh, to his wife and all these other things. And it changed his life. So I was blown away. And now, look, look at this. This hardened guy from Nicaragua, what's really even strange, is now a vegetarian. And uh, it's like he's turned into like a complete hippie almost, you know. But And I honestly believe it goes back to that experience. And I'm going to tell you why. We were driving here in Virginia on Route 28. is the, the parkway that goes to Manassas, basically. Not the 234 parkway. If you're from this area, and there's a place there. If you operate your cell phone, you know there's this one dip 
and it goes over top of like a stream that's down below. When you go through that, your phone always goes out. I always called it the dip. I'm about to go through the dip when I was talking to you on the way home. Mm -hmm. Well, it was dark. It was about 4.30 in the morning. And he starts ranting on. I'm, I'm paying attention to the road. It's, it's early. And he starts ranting on, what the F is that? And I said, what? He said, that. And I said, what? And I could see, honestly, after a couple of seconds, looking out the corner of my eye. See, Dulles Airport's not far away, so... It's not uncommon to see lights that look like headlights coming through the sky or something like that because, um, you know, because of air traffic. So I noticed that there's this blue light way off. I mean, if you were to look at that, it would almost be in Manassas. We're not near Manassas yet. And you can see it way off. And it came at lightning speed to the right of us along the tree line. This is a, this is a wooded parkway, you know, so there's nothing but woods on the one side and the other side. It sped at us at, I mean, the fastest I ever seen anything move. And it came right to the area where we were and jolted across the road right in front of us. And this thing was 30 feet in diameter, I would say. It covered both of the lanes. It was luminescent. It was blue. It was an orb, basically. And it got there within seconds. Within seconds or a second. You know, it was actually traveling our way, you know, when he started talking. But I didn't see it at first because, you know, you, at first I thought he was just being trivial or something because there's a lot of airplanes that come through there. And, you know me, I'm a born skeptic. Well, this thing, it literally crossed over the road in front of us. And as we literally were about to go under it and it didn't cast a beam. This is what's weird. As luminescent as it was, there was no glow below. It was winter. So don't even try the ball lightning thing. This thing was surreal. It literally disappeared before my eyes. Gone. I mean, 100% vanished. And the weirdest part about it, it wouldn't even be weird if that's all that happened. But I looked over at him and, you know, because you have that WTF moment. You're like, what? And he starts crying. I keep getting this feeling there's a purpose for my life. And that's not his style. Oh, man, this dude don't cry. No. I'm trying to tell you, this is one of the toughest guys I've ever met. He is clearly, clearly disheveled. Something's wrong. And I don't know why. Because that wasn't, maybe it was the trauma of seeing something that we didn't know what it was. Um, We talked about it on up the road. He was clearly more traumatized than me. I was just like, wow, all my life I've wondered if this is real. And it's real. And I can tell you something. That is not. What I saw is not. If it's of this world, it's from another dimension. We don't have something like that. We just don't. But you know what's interesting? And you witnessed this. When I would be at, and we'll talk about that particular incident in a moment. When we, we when I would be around friends at work and I would mention it, because I'm very open about these things, he would just try to blow it off. But when he came and visited that night, he brought his new wife. And I brought it up. Remember that night? And yeah. he tried to downplay it. He had never told her. This is, I told you, he never told her. He was still kind of uncomfortable. So to this day, I, I'm, I'm not going to believe something I don't know happened. But I wonder if whatever his experience was, was different than mine. Maybe it was just that it was so traumatic. Maybe maybe I'm just more open. Well, maybe he just, he he's not used to seeing that. So he's not used to seeing that. So it, it was traumatizing or... Who the maybe, hell's used to seeing it? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, man. Okay. I got a spaceship out back. I don't just see it. I fly it around at night. <laughs> it was me. 
but but it obviously affected him more. And maybe they took him and not you. You never know. Or maybe you're just more oh, comfortable see, with it. There goes that Occam's razor. You just don't know. We don't know. And see, I'm not the type of person to assume anything. Although that was the moment in time that I knew that it was real. Even though I had read all the books and watched you tell, and don't even, we, we weren't on drugs, we weren't high, and my wife makes a salient point. Even if you were stoned out of your gourd on something, the, the, the possibility that the two of you would have the same hallucination is practically, uh, it's just improbable. Occam's razor, just shave it on down. We saw what we saw, um, and it was really, really, and the reason why I say this, because some people, I know they're critical of my viewpoints because I'm always, hey, damn, hold back. We don't know what this is. We don't know what it is. Well, going back, going back to the Oasis, um, the part of this of this conversation, maybe they're not running out of supplies or or resources. Maybe they just want to branch out. <laughs> well, yeah, but we 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 hear all of this stuff about limited resources, and we got to rec- decrease the population. So tell me. Why it's rational to say, hey, man, come over here. We got all the water. It's like a blue planet. You guys are biological. Life. We're just going to hang out. We're going to make babies together. We're going to have an alien paradise after this. What happened to the whole idea there's a limited amount of resources? It's irrational. It's irrational to think that, and no offense, I don't put trust. And this is, <clears throat> this is one of the strangest things about me. I work as a psychic advisor, but I am the most analytical SOB you will ever ever encounter that does this type of work i'm actually really into philosophy right yes i'm really into to logic yeah i mean i am super super analytical at the same time i'm also very very intuitive and uh and 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 it can actually i've seen times it even amazed me but i still reserve judgment until i experience something like even though i experienced the psychic thing right i still don't define it I don't know what it is. It's probably quantum entanglement, something like that. I feel it's a gift that we have that we lost when we cease to be in nature. If you watch a cat, here's a, here's an example. You go to clip a cat's claws. I have looked for 600 ways to Sunday to sneak up on my cat when it's claw clipping time. I'll go back there sometimes to, to grab the clippers from my own claws. He doesn't move. So I've even went to the point where I hide him in my pocket all day. That way he doesn't know that moment in time because we, we pull it out of this little holder that has the fingernail clippers and all kinds of little yes. uh, cuticle scissors and things like that. And it makes this little tink. And, and, and so I thought it was that. But then I put them in my pocket half the day. It doesn't matter what I try to do. He seems to know I'm about to scoop him up when that time comes. And, and I mean, I've tried to get him. If he's awake, he knows. If he's dreaming, I got a better chance. But I don't like doing a little fella like that. So I think we lost our psychic senses as we didn't need them anymore. We needed them at one time. The shamans helped us find the herds. They helped us actually, you know, find the necessities of life because we had to do it. And and, and survival proves time and time again. Look, Look at people when they're getting ready to get on a plane. And the plane actually ends up getting hijacked, crashed. But they heard this voice, 9-11, some of them. They heard this voice that said, don't get on the plane. What was that? Survival. And so it's still alive in some people. But I also feel like some people have this psychic sensor. Uh, it's like this part of their mind that doesn't process things well. Like if you bring up synchronicity to someone who isn't uh, to a place where they can accept that things are related in that way. Or maybe even strange. Synchronicity is a strange phenomenon. All of a sudden, there's just no 
place for them to process it. This ability that we have is actually innate in all of us. We've just kind of lost touch with it because we, you know, we don't have to go. We don't need it. I don't have to. Well, the the thing is, is we don't have to hunt for our food. We don't have to worry about where we're going to get our food, uh, depending on where you're at in the world. But you can go right down to the grocery store and get your food. So, or Chipotle or one of those places, man. Yeah. You know. So something. you always hear about use it or lose it. There it's, it is. Use it or lose it, and we don't need it as much. But some of us, I feel like, you know, whether it's a genetic predisposition. Uh, and, and there probably is some genetic factors there, or it's just the way that we open up. Some people are more sensitive. But the thing is, I really feel when you're around more people that have that, it rubs off on you. It wakes you up. And I even have some specific techniques I'll talk about in later episodes. Uh, in later episodes. But I'll talk about some techniques that you can actually... Uh, implement into your life where you can open those channels but be careful because there is a side to this that uh can be uncomfortable especially if you have mediumship abilities oh my gosh see gina doesn't do the medium thing and neither i don't prefer to do those readings either i feel like i'd rather teach you how to commune with your with your ancestors your own way to hear those voices rather than dictate to you uh what they have to say to you i feel like it's a more valuable skill that i can actually give to a client but uh, anyway, that we're getting too far off the rails. I just wanted to make this episode today to say, please check yourself before you wreck yourself. I am not going to be in that number when the saints come marching in, like those people in New Jersey on the highway with their phones held into the air. I'm going to be the cockroach. Be like the cockroach. They always say how the cockroach survives a nuclear war. I'm going to scurry because we don't know what it is. So I encourage everybody because I honestly feel that we're about to be inundated with stuff we... A lot of people are going to have a hard time accepting this. Yes. And that may be why, you know, they were afraid of the societal implications of, you know, disclosure and whatnot. Because, you know, and listen, I don't feel it has to invalidate anything we believe, but it will expand on it if, in fact, it's true. It will most definitely change our minds about how we think about things in the future. That is for sure. But it won't necessarily bring paradise. I don't believe that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring chaos either. The The thing is, is uh, we don't know. We our don't gov- know. Our government knows no, more that, than we do. They don't do. know what's going to happen, though. No, no one can predict with certainty what will happen. And the military-industrial complex probably wouldn't like that. I mean, they make money on both ends of the spectrum. You know, they shoot you up. And they have money in arms, and then, oh, wow, you need a little medicine. And they have money in the pharmaceutical industry and in medicine. So, I mean, the military-industrial complex is never going to really uh, want to accept that somehow or another we're all going to have replicators and all this other stuff. Well, we, no need for money. Well, I mean, that may not have anything to do with aliens. I mean, that may we're moving towards that now. Money's always going to be a thing, whether it's barter, trade. Until we turn in... To little beings of light, we're still going to have commerce and whatnot. So anyway, I just I made this episode because I I'm seeing so much irrational stuff out there, man. I'll be in these light these light worker groups and they'll be talking about the 5G and augmented reality, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And I know some of this stuff there may be a thread of truth to it, but I really feel like people are just so willing to embrace 
anything to have hope because we're living in tough times that they may be setting a trap for themselves. It may not be good. For years and years, these aliens supposedly scramble technology at nuclear bases, according to military personnel, allegedly. They, as far as I'm concerned, they're sizing up our defenses. And now all of a sudden we have Space Force. <laughs> right. <laughs> only, right. Only old sweet potato could come up with a name like Space Force. So, but why do we have Space Force? You know, exactly. why is that a thing all of a sudden? While you're you're actually telling me that you're going to disclose information about off-world vehicles and technology, and have and, and listen, have you asked the question? How are they patrolling up there? We hear where the spaceship goes up, SpaceX goes up to the International Space Station. What are they space forcing with? Trust and me. And where? They have technology now. They're holding that back because it's a national defense thing. And uh, so we all need to be sober-minded about this. Please, please, please don't just surrender to the alien prophets or the Raelians or whatever it is. Because I don't think it's going to end up being that. I'm not saying it's bad. I just feel like most people's take is just too willing to embrace a false savior type comp. I'm not, and I'm not being religious here. I'm just saying, uh, encountering a species from outer space is not necessarily a good thing. So anyway, today, this is all I really had to say. I just wanted to kind of wake you up in New Jersey. Oh my God, New Jersey. I mean, damn. So now the Hawkmoon Visions podcast concludes. Gina, say goodbye to the lovely people. See you guys later, Shukapaz. She always calls them sugar pie with that Southern Belle charm. So now the podcast is available in all outlets where podcasts are consumed. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneFM, you name it. I found the podcast actually in 10 or 15 different places. I didn't even know we existed, Gina. Look at us. We're growing. And uh, do send us feedback. I, my email is hawkmoonvisions at gmail.com. If you have anything interesting to say, we would love to hear feedback about the show. We have a mailing list, too, at HawkmoonVisions.com, where you can sign up and get the latest news about what we have planned next. And we have big stuff planned, don't we? Don't we? We are ready to be uh, harbingers of the new millennium, except I'm not going to actually uh, be a prophet or anything like that. We're available, both of us, daily. We do live, rune, tarot, and oracle readings, right? Yes. Right now. Through September, we're at dollar ninety nine a minute. Probably keep that price for a little while. We want to kind of listen on the platforms that we work regularly. You pay a lot more to actually speak with us uh, than that. So we're actually trying to keep our rates low there, and it's through the Click4 Advisor service, right? It's a wonderful service. We do phone and chat readings, and uh, and we'll be branching out into some spiritual life coaching, right? And I feel like uh, our our major tool that we use is compassion. Compassion, most definitely. So go by the website, hawkmoonvisions.com. Check us out. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope I didn't offend the sensitivities of the diehard believers. But I just wanted to bring people back to the center so that we approach this in a sober-minded way. Because strap yourself in, folks. This is going to become part of our reality over the next year or so. They're not talking about this stuff for nothing. So we say good night and hope to see you again next week. And thank you very much. Many blessings to you. Many, many blessings. Many blessings.